and welcome to Podcast Me Anything and Ask Me Anything for all things podcasting. I'm your host, Ben Cloy, and I'm joined here in the studio with Matthew Passy, the podcast consultant. Matthew and I wanted to move the conversations beyond the podcasting 101 topics and move into the intermediate to advanced podcasting strategy to reach your goals, to interact with the show, submit your questions to be answered live, book a podcast live with Matthew, or find the notes from today's show, head on over to podcastmeanything.com. Welcome to another episode of Podcast Me Anything. I am here with Matthew Passy, and we've got some really good topics lined up in the queue today. And one that I almost, it almost still baffles me that it's still even a thing and that it's not as synopsis as anything within podcasting, and that is reviews. And the news out of Spotify today that we're going to dive into is Spotify just launched ratings. And as we were prepping for this, I equally got excited and went in there and gave my podcast a five-star review, which I'm sure you've already done as well, Matthew, on your uh, podcast. So what did that news mean to you when you first saw it? It's funny you say that because I actually haven't done it yet. I'm, I'm one of those people who I recognize the power of Spotify. I understand how important they are. We've talked about, you know, how much muscle they're they're putting into the space. In fact, even today as we're talking, they they may announce another huge acquisition and you know adding to their portfolio of podcasting companies. But I never use it. I never use it for music and I don't use it for podcast consumption. I've always found it a bit cumbersome. And you know, for music, we've already got Amazon Prime, so we get music there, Apple Music. So so I one, it tells me I've really got to pay more attention to actually the listening experience on Spotify. But two, I think what it's really going to mean is that most of your favorite podcasts and podcasters are going to start changing their intros, changing their outros, changing their call to action. And instead of saying, leave a rating and review on Apple, they're either going to also say, leave us five stars on Spotify, or they're not going to mention Apple at all anymore. Um, and I think that's going to be pretty big. One of the reasons why that I think people are going to do that is one, it's so much easier Right, just boom, five stars. I, did, did you actually write a review it or just you posted just the five star rating? You click and it pops up with the thing that says how many stars you want to give. It is just as easy, like as going on Amazon and giving something five stars. Like there was no extra headache. There was no people getting lost and accidentally giving a review on the Apple Podcast app that we already diagnosed <laughs> and dropped into. And there wasn't like scroll down to the bottom. It was right there at the top. It was right next to follow. So, right. So one, it's super easy for anybody to do. It's simple as five stars, boom, done. It'll, it'll make a big difference probably in listings and search results and stuff like that. Two, unlike Apple, the, the reviews in Apple, um, are segmented by the country stores, right? We're in the U S so we automatically are opening up the U S version of the podcasting store. Well, if we have Canadian listeners and they leave us a rating and review, we wouldn't necessarily see that when we go to look at our listing of our show in the U.S. store. We'd have to change it to look at the Canadian podcasting store to see our ratings and reviews there. Now, you could sign up for some third-party services, right? Chartable, My Podcast Reviews from Daniel J. Lewis, right? A bunch of places where you'll get that stuff in your inbox. But for most average users, they don't think about all these extra services. It's just like, I know people are giving me a review. Why can't I see it? It's because they're not in the right store. So the fact that all the Spotify reviews are just whoosh, right there, no matter where they're coming from, is going to make it easier. And, and then, of course, right, just Spotify is just making waves, right? Everybody's posting their year in review of their podcast. Everybody's posting their uh, ratings right now. So this, I think the big, big, big takeaway from this is as a podcaster, 
Uh, you should, if you're not already, take Spotify seriously as a place to promote your content, promote your show, use their shareable features for creating, you know, Instagram reels and, and audio clips and things like that. And invite more people to check it out there. Uh, cause it seems like the world is just moving in that direction. It, I'm glad you mentioned the Instagram part. Cause it is also the best way to create Instagram story for a podcast because it does it automatically. It looks nice. And it right at the top of your Instagram story, it gives you a link to go to Spotify to listen to that episode. There's no like actual going back to get the episode link. Like there might be an Apple or taking a horrible screenshot of your podcast player. Like it's designed to look nice when it gets to Instagram, which Instagram is designed to look nice when you post something. So creating that headache and taking that out of there is definitely nice. I I want to pause here for a moment because one thing that has always been bothering me, but I've never really figured out why, is that we shop on Amazon based on the reviews. If we have 300 million selections of something on Amazon, 100% of the time, I am basing my final decision on the reviews, the rankings, what people didn't like about it, what they did like about it. We buy all these different things. We do Google Maps for all these businesses. I don't go to a place that has a bad Google review that's locally here for anything. But yet in podcasting, what do you think has made it take so long for everybody? Like, Why isn't it more synopsis across every podcast player to do some type of rating and review? You know, that's a really good question. I, I think for so long, we've kind of relied on Apple being the source of that kind of information. You know, there are some other apps that are doing it. Podchaser does a really good job of it. But because it's such a fragmented space and people are listening to stuff in, in on so many different platforms in so many different ways, a lot of the platforms just haven't really thought it necessary or maybe the technology was just too cumbersome or maybe it requires too much work because, you know, what happens if someone posts a bad review? The, the host complains, hey, this person didn't even listen to the show. They posted a bad review. How do I fix this? Right? Like maybe the platforms don't want to deal with the, and I know this is a pejorative term, but the Karens of the world complaining about them getting a bad review on their platform or, or anything like that, or just having to moderate these reviews and comments, which often are a source of spam for a lot of platforms that offer comments and reviews and things like that. So I, I am... Not shocked that a lot of platforms don't have the rating and review feature automatically built into it, but I do think this kind of simplistic five stars uh, for Spotify, where it's just a quick tap and you're done, I think it's going to blow up pretty quickly. I think your your Twitter feeds, your Facebook feeds, your podcast listening is going to be consumed with podcasters asking for five stars. And by the way, another another perk to Spotify in general are the analytics that Spotify gives you. So if you are if you have your show claimed in the Spotify backend, right? podcasters.spotify.com and you go and you look up your show, Spotify is able to provide you more insight into your show than most other platforms will because they have the ability to tell you things that others don't, right? So most of them will tell you, right, starts and stops and listen. Well, not even starts and stops. We'll, we're starting to see a little bit more like how many real plays versus downloads or, or how many people are like engaged listeners on Apple is what they're using. Um, but Spotify right now is the only one that could tell you, hey, here's the breakdown of your show in terms of male, female, age range, right? Because people have to be logged in to use it. So Spotify really knows who is listening to your content. 
Um, and while you can't assume that that's a hundred percent true, you can extrapolate from that some, some decent information about your show and think, oh, right. We've got 85% male listeners. You can either think, well, we better keep catering to male, or you might think, hopefully you're thinking we need to do a better job of attracting the ladies to our show or, or creating content that caters to the ladies, but you don't get that kind of demographic data anywhere else. So I, I think, you know, if you haven't already pay more attention to Spotify, make sure you're including a Spotify button and subscribe button right in everywhere you do it. And, you know, make sure you're encouraging people to give you five stars there. Cause I think you're going to see that it makes a difference. Oh, and by the way, Back to what you were saying earlier about the whole uh, Instagram video thing and sharing from Spotify directly and Instagram and having to get the link. It's hard enough, right, to to get the link, but what link are you providing, right? We always tell you, put the link to your website or the, the episode page on your website. Well, now you've got to go to the website, go to the episode, copy the link, right? With, with this share feature, if you do it from Spotify, the link's already in there, you're done. So I agree with you. It's pretty easy to share via Spotify, uh, maybe just do yourself a favor and include links to your content and other places in the show description. So people who see it, click on it and don't want to be stuck in the Spotify universe can at least find you in, in your other places. And another random hack that I use Spotify for is because Apple has such inconsistent downloads of, does it automatically download? Is this my latest episode or is that the latest episode of that podcast? And I actually sometimes never know on Apple and I just kind of keep pulling my finger down, waiting for it to refresh and pop up that latest episode. I am always going to Spotify to find out, did I hit publish correctly today? Because I have always found Spotify <laughs> knows exactly what's published for my podcast. It's always immediately there. I never even have to think about refreshing. It doesn't actually download the audio until I click it. So it's not taking up any space. And so it gives you a very real-time presence of what your podcast looks like to the world without a lot of fanfare. And in the world of like where Apple makes this complicated for some reason that we still have yet to figure out, it has also been just a very good way to validate, is my podcasting making it to the internet correctly? Did it publish right? And what does it look like from a show notes? And it just looks the way that you need to in a very simple way. All right, there you go. Another another vote for focusing on your spot. And, and by the way, Spotify, platform agnostic. You can listen on an Apple device, Android device. If you've got a Fire, you know, Amazon Fire device, you can probably listen there. You can listen on any desktop. So it reminds me of kind of, of it's the easy Roku enough. of podcasting because Roku is kind of sits in this middle for TV players that it's not Google, it's not Amazon, it's not Apple. But it actually, you can watch Apple TV on your Roku device. You can watch Google stuff on your Roku device. And it sits in this middle where it actually has a really good share of the market. It has a really way, good way to connect with people. It's low-cost barrier to entry. And Spotify has kind of been that agnostic tool that globally can be accepted and isn't going to be outdated by Android rechanging themselves. That, like Spotify is not going away because it's married to music. And that area is not getting any smaller. No, and they're and as we saw with their latest acquisition, they are investing plenty. They are not. They haven't up even. I, I, they haven't soon. even took the foot off the gas to like say, you know what? We should probably make sure these companies are all integrated before we keep going. Like, I can't even imagine the size of their acquisition team right now, and how much they have find like probably streamlined that process to acquire, integrate, and to keep moving without having to worry about what we leave behind. And by the way, watch out for when they make video open up their video platform to everybody. That'll also, I mean, that will be a direct shot, not only at uh, Apple 
Um, but you know, a big shot at YouTube. Yeah, and I could easily see um, the there. content creator it. being more agnostic towards Spotify because it has a trifecta ecosystem of music, podcast, and then video that you wouldn't be susceptible to all these different things that can happen. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, I have clients already asking me, how do I get my video on Spotify? And if they could, we they would absolutely be on there. So when that comes, uh, it, it's going to be a tidal wave of people who want to put video on Spotify. Well, let's switch gears here and go into our deep dive question because it is a timely question for the upcoming holiday season. And this is something where it can kind of get muddled with, you never want to quit at podcasting. And so you always have this fear, if I take my foot off the gas and break my episode shriek, oh my gosh, the thing's going to explode. Or what happens if I actually become a podcast statistic and become pod faded and I go out of the existence because that one week becomes two and three. And so most people, I think, go through the holidays, keep publishing. I'm one of those for the same reason that I just said. So I'm curious, as a consultant that has to provide a lot of different information to a lot of different types of podcasts, what is your holiday break advice? It's interesting because I think it changes a little bit from year to year. This year, the actual holidays fall on a Saturday. And so for many of the content providers that I work with, most of them are publishing on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That seems to be peak publishing day for the people that I work with. Um, And so the holidays really have no impact whatsoever. Whereas in previous years of the holiday fell, right, if Christmas Eve was Wednesday into Thursday and somebody drops on a Thursday or Thanksgiving, great example. A lot of my clients who drop on Thursday is like, why don't we put your episode out on Wednesday so it doesn't get lost in the holiday shuffle? And a bunch of them did it and they saw great numbers and, and right, super happy about it. What do you do during this time when it falls on a Saturday? Do you either A, not change your plan and just barrel through, which, listen, if you have the content, you have something to talk about, you have some stuff stockpiled. Great. Yeah. Put some stuff out on a regular day. Don't worry about it. If people are off, probably means they might have some extra time to listen. If it is a work-related thing and you think they're not going to focus, okay, they might listen when they come back. Um, But what I actually think could be even more effective is to acknowledge the holiday and do something special, right? There are some folks who are like, it's the holiday, you know, no one's around, no one's taking my interview request, Uh, you know, can't put out content, blah, blah, blah. Do I just go dark? I think if you really, really, really don't want to put anything out, I think going dark for those two, maybe three weeks, like you said, is possibly the worst thing you can do. I don't think it will be absolutely catastrophic or disaster disastrous to your show, but of all the options that are out there, it is probably my least favorite to go completely dark over the holidays. So what are some things you can do? Either one, a lot of my clients are doing this, they'll replay an episode from earlier in the year. Right, we'll record a quick intro. Doesn't have to be very long. You can talk for 30 seconds, two minutes, three minutes, and just say, Hey, everyone, we're coming up on the holidays. Want to take this moment and wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, joyous Kwanzaa, right? Whatever you're celebrating, whatever's important to you and your audience, maybe just a generic Happy Holidays. I don't want to get into a fight about what's the proper salutation in this case, but take that moment, send a message to your listeners. Thank them for joining you throughout the year, for listening to your content, for enjoying the show. Uh, let them know, listen, it's the, you know, it's the holiday season and we're probably not too focused right now on X, Y, and Z. That said, I wanted to give you something. So here's a replay of either A, your favorite episode throughout the year, B, the most popular episode that came out throughout the year. Or C, maybe a, a fan favorite, right? Or, you know, you opened up, you said, hey, everyone, what's your, you know, what episode should we replay? 
Um, one, it keeps you top of mind with your audience, right? You get the benefit of remaining in their feed, right? Those episodes get automatically downloaded. And so when people are going to listen, you're still there. They don't forget about you. You don't have to worry about inactivity, possibly shutting down automatic downloads, things like that. So that's one way you can do it. Um, I've actually got some clients who have actually done a mega episode, right? They'll do that same intro. Hey, it's the holidays. And to celebrate, we're going to give you this huge episode. Here's our three favorite episodes. And literally we'll just boom, 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 slap three episodes back to back to back in one feed or replay them all. Right. I, I, I tend to think just one episode is enough, but some folks like to bulk up on their downloads. You do you really doesn't matter. Um, but what's probably even more effective than those two. Uh, so I'd say if you're also, by the way, if you're going to do a regular episode, just be very conscious of when you're recording it versus when it airs and make sure you are, you know, somewhat topical, right? You're not saying if you're recording something at the middle of December, that's going to run the first week of January, right? Don't be saying Merry Christmas or Happy New Year, right? Like you have to be cognizant of when you're recording content with when it's going to run so you don't sound silly. Um, but you could just put out regular content. Uh, or what a lot of folks are doing that I think is even more effective is some sort of best of show, right? Grab some clips from your top shows, not the whole episode, but grab, you know, meaningful clips. Two minutes here, five minutes here, 12 minutes here. Uh, drop a couple of narrations, right? Again, doesn't have to be very long, 30 seconds, two minutes. Hey, back in January, we spoke to Ben Kiloy about the Military Veterans Dad podcast, and it got such a huge response. And this time of year when we're in the holidays, I think it's really important that we talk about our service members and that you know we want them to be with their family. So here's a little clip of Ben talking about blah, blah, blah. Drop in the clip, you know, maybe add a little transition music or a chime or, or something to signify that we're going from pre-taped content to or from live new episode content to old content and just do that. Doesn't have to be very long. Listen, we don't have to fill a full hour if your episodes are normally an hour. You could do 20 minutes. You could do three hours, but it's a nice way to stay top of mind with your listeners. Give them a little bonus. Oh, and by the way, if you're trying to grow your show, Cool. New listeners, this is all new content for them. Right now they might hear, oh, that was a great little snippet of Ben Kiloy. I should go back and find the real episode. And right now you've gotten someone who's going back into your archives and, and finding old stuff. So I would say try not to just ignore this time, right? Try not to just go dark and say, eh, we're out of here. Even if you don't want to record any more stuff, Put something in the feed, spend a half hour creating two quick episodes that you can easily republish um, just so that you kind of remain top of mind with your with your listeners. What I absolutely love about that is the repurpose part. There was a month in August where life was getting a little bit crazy. I wanted to slow down. I wanted to kind of enjoy the last month of summer. So I actually paused my interview show. And so there wasn't any holidays or anything special, but I paused the interview show because I was like, I just need to slow the pace down here. I already still had a solo show on Friday. And so what I also did with that solo show is I still did that content that I would talk about whatever I was going to talk about. But then for that Monday show, I would actually publish an actual homework episode. So I would really, it was only three minutes long. I would be like, I want you to go find this number and I would put a link in the show notes and it would be to my webpage. 
And it would get the download from them getting the homework, but then it will also go back and get the download. And it was a very simple way to keep the feed alive, to keep me showing up in there so that they don't forget about me. They don't go try to find a replacement for me. But so I was staying relevant within it. So it's sometimes depending on where you go or what you think you can do, or even just, I mean, this is a great moment to shut yourself to death and then almost be stuck on making the right decision. And I also want to maybe switch and ask one question before we move on to our question for you is when is it the right time or what is a good question? Because there's another strategy. Just ignore the holidays, because if your content is evergreen, people are finding you whenever they have the permission to not listen to you on Christmas Day. If you publish on Christmas Day, say like you're a Saturday episode, there's nothing saying that they're going to listen to it. Anyhow, it's their own choice. They could listen to you on Sunday. They could listen to it on Monday. Is there a world where you would advise just keep on going and maybe even not really acknowledge the holidays unless you have something that maybe directly ties it with your podcast? But I think for evergreen content, there could be a world where you just keep on going and the listener can make the decision to do what they need to. I think it's really easy to say, yes, absolutely. Just keep on trucking. Don't even acknowledge the holiday. Just put out an episode. Doesn't matter that it's December 24th or December 17th, right? A, th- a Friday drop is a Friday drop for you. That said, you know, don't be surprised if you do that, that you get some listeners who turn around and you're like, come on, man, you didn't even acknowledge the holiday, right? Like it- it's possible you can get a little bit of a backlash from it. I don't think it's really going to happen in earnest or it's something that'll dramatically impact your show's performance or your impact with the audience. But I, I would say you are, you're not just putting out content you are building a relationship with your audience. So I think it's okay, even on generic, timeless content that you're dropping this week because, oh, I didn't realize this was Christmas week, right? I just drop on Tuesdays. I think it's still good to kind of address your audience because you think of them as real people and say, hey, listeners, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Joyous Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Easter, you know, uh, happy veterans day, whatever, whatever it is coming up. Like, I, I think it's just a good practice to pretend that there's a real human being on the other side of this, as opposed to just a, a, a download. So that would be my only, my only caution against that. You just gave me a great analogy of almost illustrating why what you said and what I potentially proposed was a bad idea, because imagine a Christmas party for an ugly sweater, Christmas party for work. But imagine you're the guy that doesn't really want to acknowledge Christmas. You just want to acknowledge that this is a business event and I'm going to go and I'm going to have great conversations. And you go in with just a suit and you're going to be that guy with a suit in the middle of a holiday spirit where everybody's having great conversations or having jokes about their ugly Christmas sweaters. And they're having that human connection of what Christmas really feels. And like we all love the holiday, not just for the presents, but the feeling and connection of memories. And you would also potentially be that guy that brings a cold feeling to that party. And by bringing a cold feeling to that party and not acknowledging the human element of what they're feeling every day, trying to build a relationship with that listener, you just became that guy that walked into a Christmas party, or ugly sweater party at Christmas with a blue suit (laughs) and said, hey, let's talk about business when everybody just wants to talk about Christmas. So it almost creates like an ignorant feeling and they're going to like disconnect a little bit from you. So I like the way that you said it. You have to acknowledge where people are and their thoughts and you speaking that they don't exist almost just makes you ignorant. It feels like, I mean, you're probably not ignorant, but that could project that and that's not something you want. 
Yeah, you don't want to walk into the holiday ugly Christmas sweater party and the first thing you say to someone is, uh, by the way, where are your TPS reports? Like, shut up. Enjoy exactly, yourself. Loosen exactly. up. And have a drink. Have some eggnog. To, uh, your- also, something I even <laughs> tell myself regularly is don't take yourself too serious. Always lighten up the mood. And Christmas is a great time to bring that lightened up and a good time to highlight your a Christmas memory, to tell more about your own stories of Christmas, to bring more of you to the podcast and share a little bit of you and what your Christmas means to you. So it just brings an entirely new way to connect. And those holiday memories are the most powerful. So if you share a memory from your childhood about Christmas, there's a good chance that someone's going to have a memory like, oh man, I just remember that. I'm really glad he mentioned that because now I even feel more connected that we have more in common. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to draw from a, a really old movie, but I'm going to draw from the movie stripes and I don't care what you celebrate. I really don't. I don't, you know, I don't want to get into an argument about war on Christmas. Should I say happy holidays? Honestly, the fact of the matter is it's a time of year where, where, yeah, should we be nice to everybody all the time? Yeah. But this time of year, we try to be a little extra nice. And so to those people who, you know, are, are not, I'll say in the spirit or who are, you know, basically irresponsible to say, lighten up Francis, you know? Just just have some fun. Enjoy the moment. And, you know, you can go back to being a stick in the mud in January. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways, even if you don't want to take Christmas serious in the context most people do, there's a lot of ways just to have, still have fun with the holiday, either through creativity, through jokes, through stories. Um, so I really encourage, like, I think to me, the highlight of what we just went through is take the holiday as a chance to be different, show who you are, get them to connect more to who you are. And don't necessarily just treat it as another podcast day. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I acknowledge it. And listen, there are plenty of shows that do best ofs that have no problem. And they they acknowledge and look, it doesn't matter if you listen to the show today or in six months from now, people will still relate. You know, you will still create more of a relationship with your audience. And as we've been talking about for the content dynamic creation and ad insertion, this is another opportunity where you could actually insert a holiday message and all your episodes at the same time, but then also equally just as quickly take it all away. Yeah. I mean, I would thoroughly encourage people if they're using dynamic insertion technology, whether it's to put in content or their ads to, you know, add that theme to your messaging that goes out in December, then change it in January and change it in February, right? It's low hanging fruit for your messaging in December to have some sort of holiday greeting or some sort of Christmas, you know, Christmas shtick in there. Like, ho, 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 merry, blah, 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 right? Like whatever is going to work for you. But yeah, I mean, enjoy the moment. I love that. So let's wrap up with our final question into the question for Matthew. And this one is kind of really big because some of the big podcast players just got a big, massive class action against them for not having transcript-friendly systems in place for people that need transcripts, for anybody that has the accessibility issues with trying to use a computer. And there's all those different tools that make it more accessible. So let's just park here for a second with transcripts. Do we need them? Should we worry about it? When do you worry about it? Because there's a lot of shooting that can go on with transcripts. And there's like, you could really should yourself. I should be doing that. I don't have time for it. So what's the right answer for a, pe- a person that maybe already started podcasting? We've been doing it for six months. Is transcript something we really need to add into our strategy? Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, with Sirius XM, right, they are a big target and it makes a big statement going after 
you know, publicly traded company, company like this um, with deep wallets and all those other things. Do I think the this community who, by the way, first and foremost, like they're not the enemy, right? I, I just want to start off by saying it. Providing transcripts should not be something you do simply to avoid getting in trouble. It should be something you do because there are folks who are unable to listen to your content who you should still welcome into your community and welcome into your listenership, right? So the first thing is just accessibility is not a should not be seen as a burden. It should be seen as an opportunity to expand who you are able to welcome into your listening audience. So let me start with that. But I think what you have to think about is not that the you know National Association for the Deaf is going to start suing every single person who doesn't include transcripts in their podcast and on their website, but they could. And I think at this point, not that you immediately need to start transcribing your podcasts and posting them immediately and like have this done by the end of January of 2022, but I think you need to at least start to put that process in place today or start to think about what your strategy is going to be to put that into place today so that at some point it is done, it is easy, right? Like you said, if you have a library of hundreds of podcasts or 60 podcasts or 30 podcasts, right? It's going to take time to get this done. And so it's a lot easier, a lot more manageable if you're transcribing three to five shows a week or, you know, 10 shows a month uh, and working backwards to, to make some progress versus saying to yourself, you know, let's say some deadline is going to hit, right? At some point, someone's going to say, if you don't offer a transcript by January, 2023, you will face a fine, right? Then everybody and their mother is going to be trying to get a transcript in December and you're going to be scrambling and in trouble and there's not going to be, right? Like you don't want to be part of a bottleneck. So I think what this news is one, it's an opportunity to realize that there is a large community of people who you want to be more inviting and welcoming to into your content Two, it is a time to realize now is the time to create a strategy and admittedly real human generated transcripts are expensive. There is no way around that, right? If you want another person to listen to your content and write what is happening verbatim, it is going to cost you money. There are services that do it. And roughly the rate is somewhere on the order of a dollar to like a dollar 50 per minute. And so if you have a 60-minute episode, you're looking at anywhere from $60 to $90, let's say, to get that done. Times that over 100 episodes and, right, you've done the math. It's not going to be cheap. That said, I think in this world and in this age, and especially for smaller podcasters, uh, individual podcasters, right, if you're a big brand, budget for it. Just make it happen, right? You're going to be a target. Get it done. Um, You know, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But if you are smaller independent, I would say start to look into automated transcripts, which could be done a lot cheaper. Um, and at the very least, start putting those up. So at least you have something on there that makes it a little bit easier. There are automated transcript services that will charge you per minute, but at a fraction of the cost, maybe 10 cents a minute or 20 cents a minute. There's also uh, transcription services that will do it uh, in a sort of like a monthly fee, right? If you have Descript, you can upload your content to Descript and get the transcript from there. Um, now, even if you're a big service, by the way, you can still use some of these monthly 
uh, automated services. And then you only have to pay somebody to clean up the transcript versus having to generate it from scratch. And I think, you know, the going rate for that would be a lot cheaper. The human toll, you know, capital would be a lot cheaper than what it would take for someone to do it all from scratch. But there are ways to get this done. There are ways to get this done economically. And I think you need to start thinking about it, budgeting for it, planning for it, and even going into your back catalog and doing it. Um, Because at some point you are either going to face some potential legal ramifications, or if nothing else, you might just get called out for it. Um, And it won't be a good look, right? You, you, you just don't want to have that kind of bad press. Even if you think it's not a, it will not be a significant impact. You will still see people talking negatively about your show over something that is totally within your control to avoid. And I think what we're going to probably see is an industry change in compliance. So they're probably before you're penalized, there'll be just more compliance notifications, either through podcast players, like some type of badge that this one is transcript or ADA compliant. And there probably will be a maybe a newer generation of probably apps to actually make it easy for someone that's ADA looking for a podcast to try to get those transcripts. Because right now, even if you had transcripts, there's not an easy way to my knowledge that there's an app that's sucking them all in so that you can quickly find them in the same way that we can find the audio file. And that part is probably something that we're going to see a big change in. And these are podcasts, podcasts, mean anything and cause pods both has trans transcripts on them. And we use happy scribe for that. And it's an automated service. And the basic that we get out of it is the SEO boost initially. So like you also get Google ability to see more page, more words to per page. And the more words per page, Google rewards you for that from SEO perspective. And they have a better idea of what this page is. And they have a better idea of who needs it in their search result. And I think the really, the other thing to segue here is there's a difference between indie and actual, actual brand podcasts focused on this. That if you are a brand, that if this is your voice as a brand, then this is something that you definitely want to shore up. Like you said, if you've got the money, budget for it. If you're an indie podcaster, I think it's something to just have on the horizon. And that it's one of those for, I'll even say for this process, when I'm preparing these episodes, I create the episode, I create the final product, I export that, I've got my final MP3 file. While I'm working on all the other things, I upload it to HappyScribe because this may be like a 10 minute process. So if I were to randomly do that in my process, it almost, I forget about it. So I upload it the moment I've created it, I've exported it. And then while I'm doing all the show notes, all the graphics, it's transcribing. And then the moment I have the web page moment up, I'm creating all the, the stuff on the web page. I paste in the transcript because it's done by then. And Bob's your uncle, and boom, it's there. So if you find a service like HappyScribe, there's a lot of them out there. It's a great way to just do the simple step like I just described. I think there's also a moment to go into your process and think like Descript is a good one, but it really works best if you are using Descript to actually edit your episode. So it's actually sometimes maybe depending on what your actual editing process looks like, that's going to determine what your transcription process looks like as well. Yeah. And, and this also means that when you are thinking about your technology providers, whether that's your hosting company, whether it's your website, uh, all those different things, make sure they are making the tools available that you need for transcription. So we know that there is now a transcript tag 
that is available in some hosting companies. It's part of the the you know new standard of RSS. I think they're calling it like RSS 3.0 or something like that. Uh, but so you know, I would look at hosting companies that offer the transcription field and the transcript tags so that you can offer that. And two, I would make sure that whatever service you're using to display your content has a way to easily showcase your transcript. And, you know, so like with PodPage, there's a field right there. You paste the transcript in. When you look at the episode, it's got a little link that says show notes and one that says transcript. You click that, uh, brings you to the transcript. And then the nice thing is, is it, it keeps it uh, you know, reduced. So it doesn't take up a whole page, but if you want to see the whole thing, boom, you can, you can expand it. And same thing with your website. You know, I think it is important to put the transcript on your webpage. Like Ben was saying for that SEO function for the accessibility. But what I, I, what I hate to see from folks is you go to their episode page, you see the player, you see some buttons, you see show notes, and then you go down, you see the transcript. And now you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling all the way through this transcript and now your footer and other marketing considerations and your call to actions at the bottom of your page, they are so far down, people are never going to get to them. So make sure you're using some sort of like accordion type feature where by default, your transcript is accessible, especially to the Google crawlers, but minimized so that people can quickly get to the bottom of your page and kind of skip the transcript if they don't need it. But if they do need it, they can easily click a button and have full access to it. There was something that I was learning as we were working with our websites. And often, I was just talking to someone this morning about it, we often don't know what we need to Google. So like what you just said, the word accordion, most people be like, oh, that's a really cool feature that it expands and they just click it, it goes away, it doesn't look, it looks nice when it's closed, it looks great when it's open. But how do you even think about doing that? Look, I, that just seems like maybe it's something fancy in WordPress that I don't have access to. No, that is literally just going into your widgets in WordPress and probably typing accordion. And there's most likely an accordion widget in your WordPress. So whatever website you have, I would Google that hosting service with the word accordion on the end and learn the skill to create that because that word right there could have been something that but listening to this before you didn't know and now you know it. So Google those two words together and you'll get It's not hard. It's a lot easier than you think. But without the word accordion, what the like tech world calls it, it's often hard to even figure out like, oh, that looks just out of reach. I don't think I have a fancy web design like that. And let me tell you, the only reason I know it is because I was that person who was spending 20 minutes one night Googling trying to figure out what is that feature exactly. called? Exactly. Because I was trying to find it for I was trying to find it for a Squarespace site and Squarespace doesn't have it in a way that worked well with transcripts. It works well for like FAQs where it's like the question and then you expand it, but it always started open and, and maybe it's been improved and maybe it's better now. I'm not trying to take a moment to like, you know, poo poo Squarespace necessarily, but I, it, I spent one night super frustrated with this a few years ago. And so when we were building the CausePod site, that was like one of the most important features to me was I want the ability to integrate transcripts, but I want them to start out closed and be easily opened. And so, um, you know, I, I found out that the term was called accordion. I build most of my websites using like Elementor. Elementor has a ton of cool accordion widgets out there. Maybe you have to do Elementor Pro or Plus or add-ons or premium. Like there's a bunch of different options out there, but uh, yeah, that's what you're looking for. It'll, it'll make your content accessible and crawlable by Google, but it will also make your website manageable when people are scrolling through it quickly to get to all the different things on there instead of having to scroll through a million words of text. I've also seen, by the way, where some people link the transcript on another web page altogether. So, right, it might be 
podcast me anything dot podcast dot 21 dot transcript or slash sorry slash transcript and so the transcript itself lives somewhere else or you could attach a pdf but then it becomes much less searchable correct and it you want the text to sit within the huge html file that google is actually scanning to try to figure out what is relevant about this page and who needs it and what's the seo or keyword optimization that it would apply to it so that's like the initial win that you can get but then long term if you are brand you're preparing yourself to create something that the world is looking to accept and there's a lot of we see it on linkedin we see it not so much on facebook maybe a little bit but on linkedin there's always an option for every image you post on linkedin what's the alternate text of this because that those ada moments that like and there's search engines i believe reward for that alternate text type stuff where it looks for are you more compliant than most and it will bring that stuff to the surface and it'll figure it out better as well yeah i mean it, it is a, it is going to be a little bit more work and it sounds like an inconvenience but uh, more and more as i'm going through social media i am seeing where somebody is posting content and somebody is quickly coming up to be like hey where's the alt text or where is this like there is a growing number of people who are feeling left out and it's it's not fair it's you know we should try and do better that's all. correct and so like i said we don't want you to stress out we want you to think about it and there is a lot of easy ways to get a quick win that then you align toward the long term that maybe when you get a sponsorship to pay for the transcription so that i mean it doesn't take if you're a brand that you could easily think of someone that wants to help support this and that money gets routed towards the transcription service so um, or even saying something like transcriptions for this podcast are brought to you by blah, 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 blah. I mean, that is standard lingo in TV or different things like that, like all that. Yeah, I mean, I have some clients, the transcripts used to be part of their premium offerings. I, I don't know if if that you know makes sense in the world that we're living in today, but it used to be that transcripts weren't even part of the accessibility factor. It was just that their particular target audience were voracious readers and they like to have text content in searchable databases. And so making that transcript available was a real benefit and a premium offering that people were paying handsomely to get access to for a podcast episode that was available for free. Well, Matthew, it is that time to wrap up this episode. We went into some great content. We've talked about the news of Spotify. It I don't think we're ever going to stop talking about Spotify because they're always going to be coming out with something new. And we're always going to try to figure out why is this taking so long, just like those star ratings. We Then we dived into how to deal with the holiday break. And then we wrapped up with this transcripting area. So we've got a lot of different content, but another rich episode. Thank you, Matthew, Matthew for joining us. And we'll be back for another episode of Podcast Me Anything.